But the number one role of the educator is to give them a commonality to work from. They all have to speak English. They all have to have a set of grammar that they understand. They know their alphabet. So you have to teach them this groundwork first before they can start to build on that and then add more knowledge. But imagine, if you will, if we were to teach emotional intelligence instead of logic. Now you're dealing with, okay, every one of you know exactly what it feels like to feel jealous. But can every one of you tell me exactly what causes jealousy? No, because everyone's experience of jealousy is different. What triggers jealousy in you is going to be different than what triggers jealousy in me, right? But you know what the feeling is. If we were to come from that aspect, like, okay, let me teach you about all the feelings. Are you willing to admit in a classroom that, oh, I don't understand the question. Oh, I actually experienced this and it doesn't feel good. Um, is that okay or not? Like, who are we to say what's okay or not? It just is. You feel this because this is what you think is supposed to happen and that's not the way it happened. And now we got to figure out, okay, well, where did you get that idea from? Who gave you that belief? And is it something that still fits you or are you ready to kind of like shed that and get a new one? You're listening to Powerful, a podcast that will provide you with solutions to ignite your superpowers, identify your limiting habits, and help you be more authentic. Hi. I'm your host, Bridget Brown-Jackson. The episodes are cultivated with you in mind and teach us how to be intentionally powerful. It is declared that you are ordained for it. All right, all right. Welcome, 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 powerful people for another episode of Powerful. We are so very, very excited because we have a treat for you. We have a special person in the house today, and we're so very, very excited about it. We're going to keep on talking to you uh, because we want you to grow yourself. So this episode, we're still going to be talking about uh, understanding yourself, and again, being honest with yourself, being very, very truthful with yourself. And so do you know all that there is to know about you so you can be the best version of yourself? Well, I have with me today my guest, Rasati. She is all the way from Singapore, and she is an emotional intelligence coach. So she's going to be sharing some information with you, and I'm I'm excited. I'm ready to glean some different things. We'll be right back with you right after this word from our sponsor. Have you ever wondered if you were truly fulfilling your total life's purpose? Growing yourself isn't something to shy away from. Investing in yourself is the best investment ever. At Exponential Edge Ventures, we specialize in helping women better understand their superpowers, gain insight into blind spots, and leverage their uniqueness. We desire to serve women who have had career disappointments and life setbacks, but have a growth mindset to use tiny habits to position them for greater possibilities. Who do you know that's ready to take flight? Book a consultation with us today. Go to simplytomorrow.com. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome back, people. We're very excited. As I told you, we have a dynamic, dynamic guest. I just don't call on her as an expert. I actually call her my friend. And so we have with us Rasati. Rasati, tell the people about yourself. Thank you so much, Ms. Bridget, for having me. Um, for those of you who don't already know, my name is Rasati. I am the host of the Night Owl podcast. And I actually... I don't know. I, I'm kind of obsessed with emotional intelligence. So I talk about feelings all day long. You know, those things people, nobody want to talk about, but yeah, <laughs> that's basically what I do for a living. And she going to cut it off like that. 
It's a whole <laughs> lot more about her, you all. I will say this, that literally she has helped sharpen me. You know, I love the scripture where it says iron sharpens iron. Mm. So does the continence of a friend. I literally am a better version of me because she's always, always challenging me. And we're going to talk about that at the end, how you can reach out to her. And if you need help in this area, that area, I promise you, my girl, Rosati, gotcha. She gotcha. She gotcha. So let's go ahead and get into this talk then, since you wanted to be um, uh, real short with your, you know, intro. <laughs> That's okay. We're, we're going to get it on the other side, you all. We're going to get her to really give you that powerhouse wisdom, which that's what she's really, really good at. Um, She can take a regular statement. And when you're done, you're like, wow, who wrote that uh, thesis? Who wrote that? Uh, Just really, really incredible, incredible wisdom. And so let's talk about that. Um, As I said, my previous episodes, I was talking about people being their authentic selves. And um, the caption or the the little tagline was, um, will the real blank please stand up Um, off the game show uh, to tell the truth? And I know with you being a emotional intelligence coach that you have to talk to people all the time about, you know, number one, having that self-awareness and understanding themselves, but being totally, totally honest about that. So how do you get people to do that? Oh my goodness. It's so hard because don't nobody want to admit all those deep, dark things that they think, you know, quietly in the privacy of their own mind. Um, But usually it's because I have created a safe space, which means that I've shown them in one way or another, whether it's a post on Instagram or, you know, a live video that I've done, they know from the way that I speak that I've been a couple of places, I've seen a couple of things. And so I'm not in any position to judge anyone. And with that intro, I feel like they, they are willing to risk it. They're willing to sit in the corner with me and talk about the things that bother them, that they don't want anyone else to know, or the things that they're wondering if they're going, you know, they're losing their sanity or not because they feel a certain way, but then no one else around them feels that way. What's going on. So for me to be able to get people to open up means I have to show them that I've been where they are, that I've literally walked through fire like they're about to do. They're wondering if they should or shouldn't. And I'm telling you, you know what? Yeah, I've been there. I know what this is going to look like. It may be different for you, but I'll be right here with you as you, you figure out, figure out this, you know, this minefield that you're about to walk into. I love it. I love it. And even dealing with that emotional intelligence, um, to be honest with you, and, and I, I've shared this before uh, on my podcast. I definitely shared on other uh, platforms that I've been on and everything. Um, I didn't really know a lot about emotional intelligence till recently in the past, I would say less than seven years, um, about six years ago to really, really dive deeply into it. Well, maybe a little bit longer than six, so maybe about seven years. Um, but I didn't understand it. I didn't know really what it was. And it was crazy because here I am running a multi-million dollar organization, dealing with a team of people. And, and I've had teams of teams of people. My largest school, I had like almost 70 uh, staff members under me mm-hmm. and um, 700, over 700 students. But I didn't understand or know really about emotional intelligence. Why is there a lack of people knowing about something that's so vital for us to be successful as human beings? I think because it's difficult to difficult to describe, first of all, and then difficult to teach. I think we all depend on logic. 
uh, because logic is quantifiable. You can measure it. You know, you talk about smart goals all the time. You can measure it. You can put a time limit on. You can, you know, write out all the steps to get to where you want to be. But when it comes to something like, I want to be happy. Well, okay. Well, what does that look like? <laughs> what, what makes you happy? I don't know, but I want to be happy. Okay. Well, let's talk. As we go through school, right? We're conditioned to think in specific patterns and specific logic is used to make our decisions, whether it's good or bad. Does this hurt anybody? Does it not hurt anybody? Are you only doing it to benefit yourself or does it benefit other people? Like, there's a lot of logic that we're taught, right? Um, but I feel like if we went back before we actually entered the school systems, if you ask a little kid what makes them happy, they could tell you. They know exactly mm-hmm. what makes them happy. They want ice cream. They want a box to sit in and draw all over because that makes them happy. That keeps them occupied. But as we grow older and we're told that some of the things that we like aren't appropriate, maybe, or um, to feel beautiful in a specific kind of clothing, maybe is not appropriate for a culture. Like once we're conditioned to think a certain way, so we fit in, like mm-hmm. we're homogenized, yeah. we kind of lose that understanding of who we really are think about like you know when you get into a relationship you have to put aside a little bit of your individuality to kind of mm-hmm. become part of a whole right you're you're part of a partnership now but how much of you do you still keep a lot of our parents put aside every one of their dreams are very happy to tell you oh i sacrificed all of this for you but then they also are a little bit bitter but you know what i'm talking about see i'm like <laughs> stop talking about, about me it. i just said that to my kids last week <laughs> But you do it out of love and you want to show them that, hey, you know what? You are so important to me that I would do this for you. But that's not what they hear. Well, I didn't ask you to do that is the most common response to, oh, well, I did this for you, though. But whether they know it or not, they did ask for it. Mm -hmm. Whether they said it in so many words or not, they did ask for that. This is how I know you love me. And I'm hoping you do it without me having to ask you. But when you tell me about it and suddenly I feel shame for that. I feel some kind of way. And in my defense, I never asked you. So this is what emotional intelligence is. This is what it means to kind of dig into your shadows and all those deep, dark places that you don't really like yourself so much. You don't want to admit it. But if you don't admit it, you can't move forward either. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love what you first started off talking about, because again, uh, being an educator and mm. you know, again, my staff and everything, um, we had a, a person come in to do some professional development with, uh, with my team. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was asking questions, you know, how many people knew this and knew that. And we're sitting all looking around now, mind you, um, within that room, we had like a whole lot of education, a whole Mm -hmm. lot of degrees, Mm -hmm. but we didn't understand quite, uh, or comprehend even when he began to to start it. It took some months for us to really get Mm. into it, um, to embrace the power in emotional intelligence. Um, We we knew, again, the cognitive side, and Mm -hmm. we were trained on how to do that. And then we were trained on pedagogy, so we knew how to teach, (laughs) how to lead, how to do all of that, but we didn't know how to tap into that other power realm of the emotional side, the humanistic side. And again, when we started doing that, we started seeing some growth. So go ahead. What were you going to say? I have no idea. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I feel like, yeah, you're right. If you, if you, if you look at a classroom, when you have a first grade, you have all these kids first time in classroom, um, trying to figure out what their place is, how to measure success, 
But the number one role of the educator is to give them a commonality to work from. They all have to speak English. They all have to have a set of grammar that they understand. They know their alphabet. So you have to teach them this groundwork first before they can start to build on that and then add more knowledge. But imagine, if you will, if we were to teach emotional intelligence instead of logic. Now you're dealing with, okay, every one of you know exactly what it feels like to feel jealous. But can every one of you tell me exactly what causes jealousy? No, because everyone's experience of jealousy is different. What triggers jealousy in you is going to be different than what triggers jealousy in me, right? But you know what the feeling is. If we were to come from that aspect, like, okay, let me teach you about all the feelings. Are you willing to admit in a classroom that, oh, I don't understand the question. Oh, I actually experienced this and it doesn't feel good. Um, Is that okay or not? Like, who are we to say what's okay or not? It just is. You feel this because this is what you think is supposed to happen and that's not the way it happened. And now we got to figure out, okay, well, where did you get that idea from? Who gave you that belief? And is it something that still fits you or are you ready to kind of like shed that and get a new one? Exactly, exactly. And that's so very important. I love how you say it, you know, we put aside the cognitive and and we're starting to see that more. We're starting to see that in educational institutions. We're starting to hear people talk more about mindfulness, where we're starting to see, uh, again, um, uh, schools that are teaching um, the emotional and the behavioral aspects. Uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of energy on, on behavioral. We would see that, but now we're connecting it with not just teaching it as the do's and don'ts of what to do, but understanding mm-hmm. the why behind it. Um, yes. and so when I share with people about emotional intelligence, I'm always looking at, you know, five areas. And so mm-hmm. uh, especially you said bringing it to the children. I, I take it there because they're going to be our future. And if we mm-hmm. don't do that, and for those of us that are adults, that we were, we had to, we have to unlearn some things now, and we have to act like children. But we want to be self-aware. We want to mm-hmm. have self-regulation. We want to have self-motivation. We want to have um, social skills. And we want to have empathy. And so when you just said what you just said a minute ago, it made me think about that empathy. I I don't know how to uh, empathize if, number one, I'm not aware, totally aware of who I am and how I interact with the world. And um, again, having that understanding of my emotions that, you know, a lot of times we don't want to be angry. We don't want to be mad. We don't want some of those harsh uh, emotions, but mm-hmm. we experience them. And so embracing that so that we can be our own authentic self. Exactly. I mean, think about it. You've had examples of emotional intelligence in the classroom before. If you think about, I mean, there have been so many movies, Dangerous Minds, Stand mm-hmm. and Deliver, Lean on Me. What was Coach Carter, any of those football movies, what made the coach so lovable? He saw his team as individual humans going through an individual human experience. And when he treated them as such, mm-hmm. they were able to open up and tell them, tell the coach, you know, what was actually going on so that he could address that. Even Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds was able to treat the kids like they were actual humans, not that they were their econ- economic status, that they were, you know, their heritage, their culture, their race, their color, their none of that. She saw them as a child who was going through something 
um, probably not of their own choosing. And when they were able to speak to them, like there was dignity there, they were able to open up and actually give them a little bit more so that there was context now for why they behaved the way they did. This is the best way they knew how. So all these coping mechanisms come into play. So I think it's really, really important that people understand just how much of a difference emotional intelligence could, could make in your life. Like that peace of mind, oh my gosh, we don't give it enough importance at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, we we don't pay. We 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 do a lot in our lives uh, to increase our IQ, um, mm-hmm. um, but we don't do a whole lot to increase our EQ. And and when we try to have a good balance of the two, then we can have a really good life. And we can again be like I said, will the real, authentic you please stand up? We can stand up when we're being totally, totally honest. And so as we close out, I want to you know want you to elaborate a little bit on this. Because again, this was a, a struggle, you know, for me in that area, uh, being aware that it's okay um, to feel, number one. Mm-hmm. And so, so I guess I do two part. I had a hard time, again, you know, you know, I'm a minister. A lot of people know that I'm a minister. So I had a hard time when I would get angry and upset and I'd get mad at myself because I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this because I'm supposed to love. And until I got to the point where I embrace, but I'm human. So I'm going to go through the emotion. Now it's what I do with it that then can get me into other areas, but to actually experience it. If I had something that was disappointing, heartbreaking, uh, traumatic, there's going to be some very strong emotions that come with that. So let's address that first and then I'll, I'll do the second part. Absolutely. So let me let me take a very simple, like something that everybody can understand. Let's do anger, right? Uh-huh. Somebody says something and you get angry. The fact that you get angry is your spirit, spirit telling you that something is wrong here. There is a boundary violation. Whether you set the boundary or it was understood, there was a boundary violation. How dare this person speak this way to me? How dare they judge me? And it's not a bad thing at all. So for you to shy away from the, you know, I'm mad at you. I don't want to talk to this person anymore. I want to push them away. I'm going to cut them off. I want to like destroy whatever, you know, that, that anger, it comes from somewhere. And the level of anger will tell you how big a boundary that was that they stepped over. So the first thing I would ask you to do is, okay, what do you feel like they did to you? Why are you angry? Um, for instance, I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and it took me a lot of courage to actually put the fact that I was, you know, rebuilding my business out in the public. And when this person messaged me privately and said, what makes you think you can teach this? Because you don't have the certifications that I have. And I've had this many years and this many certifications, and this is all the things that I've done. You need to be careful because you have people's lives in your hands. And I said, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Yes, I need to love that person because they were brave enough to say that to me, but I need to love myself first. I am not professing to be the master of the universe. I'm not telling you that I know every answer. I have no idea. I'm the master of my experience. And from my experience, because everything that I've learned, I turned inwards first. I did not learn and get certifications to teach other people. I learned to teach myself. And from that regard, I know that you looking at me, judging me, is telling me that you are insecure about the fact that how can I teach without all the certifications that you have? Does that invalidate all of your years of study and experience? No, it does not. Sure. Because four plus four is eight and three plus five is also eight. Mm. So with that being said, you said, you know what? I'm supposed to love. I should not be angry at this person. Yeah, but you're supposed to love you first. Yeah. So wow. when you get angry, please love yourself and be like, oh my God, you know what? I have been hurt. 
Mm-hmm. And it is possible. Humans hurt each other, sometimes willingly, sometimes unwilling, unwittingly. But when you get hurt, you got to allow the anger to speak to you so it can point to where yeah. you need to strengthen a boundary. You need to strengthen some communication. It means some ugly conversations sometimes, but they need to be had because otherwise we're all assuming things about each other. Mm-hmm. That That is so true. You hit it on the nail right there. That That's the piece. Um, and, and again, I don't do it now. And it's funny because now people judge me that now I'm on the other side of it. And I'm like, no, no, nobody gets the, the right to know. Tell me how I uh, should feel or even handle it, especially when it's it's being appropriate and it's not inappropriate. But because you were used to it this way over here doesn't mm. mean that that was appropriate. And so I love that. So the last part that I was going to say, and you spoke on it a little bit, if you want to elaborate a little bit more is about sure. how do you help people be transparent then um, when, you know, there is a, a hesitation to be, and you just said you did it. You allowed to, to that person to be able to express how they felt. Um, and so again, you showed good social skills. Uh, you even had some empathy. That's there. emotional intelligence. But yeah. <laughs> you you had self-regulation. <laughs> but most of all, you were self-aware and then you did the self-motivation. No, I'm I'm they cannot take away my identity to make their identity supersede. So I love that. So if you want to just unpack that a little bit more, sure. You know, how can you help people uh as our listeners are listening? when you know you need to be transparent, but at the same time, you need to be empowered too. So part of that is, you said earlier that, you know, people, no one has the right to tell me what to do. No, they don't have the right to force you to do anything, but they do have the freedom of speech, which means they can be right and wrong in public, which means once it comes out their mouth, you have the right to say something right back. Okay. So with that being said, Yes, they will speak to you from their level of experience and maturity. This person, for all the years of experience and knowledge and work that she's put in, unfortunately showed me a piece of her that let me know that she was still worried about whether it was enough because she's built her reputation on gathering as much as she can to prove that she is enough. I came at it from a standpoint of love because I know what that feels like. I've done that before in different areas of my life. And I realize that I will never know enough. And there will always be someone out there who will point fingers and question me and judge me because they think they can do it better or they think they do it differently. And so if I do it different from them, it's wrong. It's not. So I had to put myself in a position of, okay, I see how she feels the way that she does. And it's not wrong. It's her experience. Mm -hmm. But I also know that if I were to take that on, and accept what she is judging me for as the truth, now I get to start beating myself down. And that's not going to serve anybody. Now I'm blocking other people's blessings, people who need to hear it from me because they relate to me versus may not relate to this person. Everybody's story is necessary. Everybody has an audience, whether you know it or not. When you start to speak up, somebody out there needed to hear the way you said it, the way you told the story, Mm -hmm. the the examples that you gave up. So... I had to stop myself from going down the rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, do I know enough? Do I have enough certification? Should I be doing this? Oh my God, maybe I don't know enough. Maybe I should stop this right now and cut it off and disappear because Mm -hmm. I've done that. I did that most of last year because I was really worried that I was out there hurting people. But I also know that I needed that distance from 
doing, doing, doing all the time for people to show me that they missed me. So that's where the self-regulation came in. I had to spend time by myself. I had to recognize how much I have accomplished, yeah. even though it's not Tony Robbins level, which I'm, I'm not going to get there. I don't want to be Tony <laughs> Robbins, right? But I have something to share. Yeah. And rather than trying to solve world peace, I'm trying to solve what's going on in my backyard. If you cross my path and I see that you're upset and I ask, hey, you're okay, and you feel safe enough to tell me, no, I'm not in a good place. I have the authority and the ecological, let's go grab a cup of coffee, let's talk about this. Because I know in that moment, I could maybe sort out some of those muddled feelings you're having. And maybe you can walk away with some clarity and not feel so burdened anymore. You put it down for a while. Yeah, that's powerful. That is really, really powerful. And I love the fact that what you said about, you know, everybody doesn't have to be other people. Um, I actually just watched, and I don't know if it's been on there long or did Netflix just put it on here recently, uh, mm-hmm. but Tony Robbins has a Netflix um, yeah. uh, episode. I'm not a guru. Yeah, uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a guru. So yeah. I had never seen it before. And, you know, um, I, I, I absolutely love a lot of stuff and I quote Tony Robbins and stuff, but I really don't listen, listen to him so much because I can't do all that profanity. I'm just like, Lord have mercy. Can he say a word without you saying that? But I, I said, but, he wants that that. <laughs> but, but he's reason why he said it. Cause he actually in, I'm, I'm not, a, not your guru. He actually um, told why he does it. It shocks. And he did. Cause he used he the B yep. word with one lady, and I was like, "But she got she, he wanted her to be offended, yeah." But it got it, it got her attention, and yep. so long story short, you know, it's like, yeah, he is. But when I look at like, um, let's just do Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey mm-hmm. does not have all of the um, the the, and I, I don't really use education. I don't want to use that word, but. Formal training, I think that would be right. better because I don't want to insult because it's, it would be insult. He doesn't have all of that. But what he does have is a lot of experience, a yes. lot of exposure, and he yes. has a platform. Yes. And so when he speaks, you know, he speaks just as well as this person over here, that person over there, the person with the PhD behind their name, and he can impact just as many people. Um. Because this experience is going to get you more than that 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 paper. Um, and honestly, that's where Tony Robbins started. He started collecting yeah. stories from many people yeah. to see what the similarities and generalities are. And from there, he became an expert. So first of all, any expert starts off yeah. documenting their own journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's amazing. I love his story because, again, um, you know, he didn't have all of this pedigree and stuff like that, um, but he's he's but he made saw a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and he did it because he wanted to, to get better and perfect it. Yeah. But if he never did some of the things that he did, he still would be good because his experience, his trauma. Yep. Ooh, he speaks from that. He really can speak from that. And so, yeah, thank you for all of that. And so let's let's tell the people about what's going on in your <laughs> world, um, what's going on and, you know, share uh, whatever you got going on. How can people reach out to you? So I've 
tried really hard to create brand recognition. So if you were to go on Google and search Rasat One, which is R-A-S-A-T-H One, you will find every platform that I'm on. Um, I tried to make sure that it's the same everywhere. So that was like the number one thing that I wanted to accomplish. And then from there, I actually put out a lot of free content. So I'm on YouTube. I'm on Spotify. Um, I'm now on Medium. I'm starting to blog post all over again and actually repurpose some of my content right there. Um Instagram is my number one. I love being on Instagram. I get a lot of you know communication and interaction with people on Instagram. But more than that, I have started launching my um, my group courses as well as a correspondence course. I don't know if you remember this, Ms. Bridget, but back in the day, we had correspondence courses by mm-hmm. mail. Do you remember? We yeah, sort of I remember. By mail. <laughs> so I started thinking, you know, a lot of people don't like groups. They don't want to be in a group where people can see, you know, your Facebook name and they recognize you and they go start following you. They don't want that kind of feeling. They want the privacy. And so I started the correspondence group because the idea behind the email, like you write an email based on a a journal prompt that I give you and I will respond back to it, which means I'm going to read everything you write and I'm going to tell you where you're being a little hard on yourself and maybe you, you know, might want to consider something else so it's easier for you. I did that because first of all, people get spam mails all the time. They're not going, they're not going to open your emails a lot of times. They got so many, but this way it's something that's written specifically for you based on something you wrote back. And it's almost Mm -hmm. like a pen pal, but you get my insight. You get a chance to really kind of dig deeper and reveal some of the things that you maybe don't want the rest of the world to see. You don't want to write it down. It's like a dear diary, but with a response from somebody Like, could you imagine that? So that's been getting a lot of, um, a lot of really great reviews. I've done it with uh, young men who are really trying to overcome that patriarchal idea that, you know, they're not supposed to have feelings, but they're supposed to hold everything together with a hairpin and like a paper clip and, you know, it'd be fine. Just make the money. And we're trying to work through all of those because that's not the world we live in anymore. So um, group coaching, the correspondence course is open. I'm still taking on -on one-on-one clients if you're interested, but this is not one of those feel good, you know, frou-frou kind of pages if you come and look at it we're going to deal with some of the things that no one really wants to talk about because we need to talk about them we need to sort out what's right and what's wrong and what's traditional and what no longer fits because y'all got some unnecessary pressure on y'all and it's amazing to see um you you we were talking offline before we you know came on live and um you were talking about you know book club that uh i just started (laughs) We're reading right. the High Five Habit by Mill Robbins, and um, it's amazing how she starts off with that book. And it's it's like she's saying that she really doesn't compliment herself, and so that's how this started. And she started the mm. High Five Habit, which led to the book that she's doing. And she was like, she was really like overwhelmed. She had so much going on. She was working out a deal. And I think that's probably was during a time when her uh, talk show was kind of changing and things like that. And so she's doing all of this stuff and she wakes up in the morning and it's six o'clock and it's like, blah. And she's just like, uh, you know, non-motivated and Mm. just didn't feel like giving her own self an attaboy. And Mm. from there, she started doing it. In a couple of days, she just said, wait a minute, me high-fiving myself and touching that mirror, touching me, my reflection is really mm-hmm. working. But here's the part that I wanted to say, going what what you said, and this is why it's crucial for people to reach out to people like you, to who, whatever coach you know, uh, you know that you need a coach. 
we, we need people. And I, I tell people, my listening audience, I tell them this all the time, get your coach and make sure when you get your coach that your coach is being trained and stuff too. Um, mm-hmm. But not, not like, I'm not talking about the formal stuff, but that you have a live person or people or group that is walking you through some stuff because everybody has them. Even Oprah has coaches. Because they're still walking. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, but the, the point that I was trying to make is that she is one of the most famous motivational people in the world, like in mm-hmm. the world. But here she is not able to even motivate herself. And so my point that I'm making is that even the most successful people still struggle with um, uh, limiting beliefs. They still struggle mm-hmm. with uh, self-defeating thoughts. They struggle with the imposter syndrome. They still yes. struggle with all of these things. And so if you're experiencing that, that's okay. That's why you got girls like my girl uh, that help <laughs> you with that and everything. And that's why people like you exist. And so I hope people will uh, reach out. All of the information for her will be inside of our show notes. And if you happen to be um, viewing this, because we have two platforms, you can watch it in audio or listen to it rather in audio on all um, podcast uh, platforms that are out there. Uh, It's available. In addition, we are also on YouTube. And so if you're watching this, viewing this, all of that information is inside of the comment section, the description rather. And if you're listening by the way of podcast uh, audio, uh, it will be in the show notes. So how to contact her. Uh, She's fabulous. Again, she helps me. Remember, you see how she just introduced we herself each real, other. <laughs> real slightly. Uh, she's very modest, but uh, she she's the beast. She's the beast in her own right. And so I'll just let you have the closing remarks. If you have anything else you want to share with our audience. Um, I'm not sure what even to say. I, I would love for people to understand that the only reason I have a job right now is because all of you experience emotions but you're afraid of some of them. You don't want to admit to some of them. And the more you admit, yes, it is a vulnerable moment for you, the more free you feel because now people get to know who you actually are and love you as you actually are instead of, you know, conforming and trying to fit into someone else's idea of what's great, what's perfect, the perfect wife, the perfect mother, the perfect, I don't know what. It it doesn't exist, we're human. We're not built to be perfect. So please embrace all of you. You have these feelings for a reason. They're showing you where you need to be stronger. And the faster you accept that they happen, instead of pushing them away and pretending that they don't exist, the better you will start to feel, the more dignity you'll have going around, the more peace of mind. And I can't tell you what that's worth. I really can't. you got to see for yourself. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, sis, for being here. Uh, We're in two different time zones, totally, for the (laughs) audience (laughs) Uh, as we're recording this. So, you know, she has really, really been a blessing, a blessing, a blessing to us. So as I always say, coach me and I learn, challenge me and I grow, believe in me and I win. You are a winner. I believe in you. Be great.